Hello and welcome to the Forge Church Catch-Up Podcast. We're delighted that you've chosen to press play on this podcast today. My name is Johnny and I'm part of the teaching team here at the Forge. Each Sunday, our hope and prayer is to provide practical teaching directed by God that ties into everyday life. We hope that today's talk encourages you. <laughs> I just love seeing that. Uh, James is sitting down here. Uh, this is one of those unique times for him because this is your first time, isn't it, of actually meeting together in person um, uh, here at the Forge. So let's, let's welcome him. Come on. This is good. This is good. James, I know that you were so delighted that Alex took it to slow motion as that water was poured over and that beautiful expression on your face (laughs) every time I know. But that is a pandemic story. I would never have thought what um, James was sharing, uh, I would not have thought that would happen two years ago. When he speaks about being part of a community I mean, James, we did Alpha together. We've been part of a small group together. And this is the second time that I've met him. Uh, The first time was in a pub, wasn't it? That's right. So uh, just extraordinary, really. But that's pandemic life, isn't it? Things have just been so, so different. Um, Can I just say, I am so delighted to see you here uh, today. Thank you so much for, for booking in and coming. I'm sorry that you have to wear masks I'm sorry that you had to have your temperature taken when you arrived, but uh, it's just, I'm delighted that uh, you've been able to come and join us uh, today. I do, just as Johnny and Helen were kind of picking up on people, I just want to say from um, my heart, I am so grateful. Thank you so much for sticking with us over these past 15 months. It has been very, very unusual, and, uh, and I'm really grateful that you've watched online, that you've connected with us uh, on various occasions too. Uh, Thank you for those who have um, led the kit teams, uh, the keeping in touch, that is, keeping in touch with people um, over this time, and uh, group leaders and all of that. I I am just incredibly grateful. Thank you for choosing to give those of you who have um, and continue to do that throughout this pandemic. It's been a very unsettling time, and for some of us, um, you know, finances will have been affected big time by this, but I'm just really, really grateful um, that you've chosen to stay committed to uh, the life of the church. So welcome to The Return. That's good. Now, A number of years ago, Sarah, who's just sitting down here, Sarah, my wife, um, she was teaching at a place called Stoke Ash Primary School. And it was really unusual. Well, it felt unusual to me because Stoke Ash Primary School is the primary school that I went to. Uh, And it was a very small school. uh, And basically, there were two classes that made up the whole school. Okay, so um, there was the kind of preschool going through to about year three and then year four through to uh, year six. And um, so two teachers. And when I remember talking to one of my friends who lived in Manchester, and he just laughed when I talked about my primary school experience because his class was bigger than my school. And and the way that you would um, uh, know which year people were in, in my school, in Stokash Primary, was depending on where you sat that if you sat on the right-hand side, you were younger. And then as you slowly made your way across the room, once you got to the side where the door was, you were on your way out. It was great. So that's how we worked out what years people were in. It was so small. But while um, Sarah was teaching there back in 2013 and 14, uh, it was uh, announced that the school was going to close. There were just so few children. And uh, Sarah ended up, actually, most of the kids went on to other schools apart from three three children in the school, and Sarah was a teacher, and I got this wrong earlier this morning, she had two classroom assistants. 
They are two classroom assistants and the teacher for three children. Just crazy. But what they did was they did contact people to say that the school is closing. So if any ex-students want to come back, um, then they can do so. And so um, I went back to my primary school and it was just so much fun uh, because there was this big window in, in the big classroom um, uh, that I remember smashing playing football when we weren't allowed to play football. So there was no kind of hiding that. There were the trees at the back where I used to play kiss chase with uh, James Sell. Happy days. Not that happy, though. Not that happy. And um, uh, yeah, and, and standing outside the school office, having thrown things at various classmates uh, and being caught for it. But they also had school photos. Uh, you know, you know the ones, don't you? The ones that as parents you have to buy for your kids. But uh, there we are. Now, can you spot me? Can you spot me? If I give you a clue, I'm wearing a checked shirt. Now, see, even at that age, I used to wear checked shirts. So I'm there in the top left-hand corner, okay? And look at those trousers. You see, I was a snappy dresser just then as well, uh, all of those years ago. But do you know what? Returning was great fun. It really was, just going back to the place that I'd had my schooling. But it was also had that kind of sense of sadness because the place was closing down. And it was a very nostalgic time for me. Going back or returning at times can, can do that to our emotions. So I wonder how you're feeling today in coming here. Now, for some of you, this is going to be a whole new experience. You've never been to um, our church before. This is the first time. Uh, and so you're probably a tad apprehensive wondering what on earth is going to go on and what this is going to be and how weird it's going to be for you. And I understand that if you haven't been used to church. For others of you, you've just been so looking forward to this. You know, do you know what I mean? There's that sense of excitement of, ah, oh, at last we're going to be back together again. We're going to have a chance to, um, uh, to be together together. And I've had various texts and messages from people over this last week saying six, six days to go, four days to go. You know, there's just that sense of excitement for people. But for some of you here, returning, especially returning to Debenham, is actually quite a difficult thing for you uh, because... You know, you used to perhaps meet at Thurston or at I, and the decision for not going back there to close those um, uh, two centers down, to be all meeting here, wasn't your choice. And it's meant that you've had to travel further to come here today. Uh, and maybe you look around and think, where are the people that I knew? Because some of them um, have either dropped off, some of them have, have headed off to other churches. Uh, and it kind of feels like I've lost the group of people that I've been investing in and spending uh, my time in. Listen, if you're not feeling as excited as some people are, uh, or you're not feeling as good as, as you would want to, then can I just say, don't worry. Honestly, you just need to be honest with yourself. Uh, and if you have a, a knowledge or a relationship with God, it's just being able to talk to him about it as well. Because this pandemic has had an effect on everyone. It really has. And we might have gained some things throughout this time, but we have definitely lost them things throughout this time. Take a look. When rumors of a virus turn to evening government updates, when headlines move to daily news of fresh infection growth rates. When schools are closed and holidays postponed, everyone's asking, who's been furloughed? A slight change of plans, just wash your hands, it's like the flu, remember? Let's stay at home, do pee with Joe, it'll be over by September. 
How long, O oh Lord? When streets resemble ghost towns at peak lockdown regulation, when we crave a crowd, cry out for connection from full-blown isolation, when millions search for online church with newfound innovation. Everything's online, but getting loo roll is a hassle and trust in powers eroded by trips to Barnard Castle. It all ends in tears. There's no quick fix when you're a table of seven, but there's a rule of six. How long, oh Lord? When our dreams are dashed, ambitions strangled, Christmas plans destroyed, and a righteous anger rises at the murder of George Floyd. And when families are asked to grieve behind masks at graves of precious loved ones past, life is in limbo, we're stuck in between. Herd immunity or miracle vaccine, 2020 shortchanged by COVID-19, and children can't get the food that they need. How long, oh Lord? With ever-growing numbers of the daily deaths presented, when this is the new normal, when what life was like lamented, and will people stop using the word unprecedented? We are zoomed out, homeschooled out, restrictions extended, and those we love die unattended. How long, oh Lord? I've been deprived of peace. I've forgotten what prosperity is. So I say my splendour is gone and all that I'd hoped for from the Lord and my soul is downcast within me. And yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. When I first saw that spoken word video, um, it just struck a chord with me because it highlights so much of um, that, as, it, as it's got that word there, lament. It's that um, uh, the things that we have lost. Uh, but I love just how he finished uh, that piece. Um, so good. He, he picks up on a verse that's found in one of the Old Testament um, uh, sections, and it's from a book called Lamentations, and he just reads this out, and he says, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassion never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. You know, there's an account um, uh, in the story that's found in the Bible of... Um, of how we can navigate this mix between being incredibly excited and joyful and yet also having this huge tug and that, that sense of loss in our hearts. There was a group of people, they're called the Israelites, and uh, they had spent 70 years in captivity. Basically, um, the Babylonian army had come and swooped into Israel and had taken over, and they'd basically captured the majority of the people and then took them off to another nation, being living under, as kind of slaves under the authorities um, there. And, and basically, their freedom had been taken away. They longed to go back to their homeland. Uh, people around them, uh, over those 70 years, they saw uh, many people die. Uh, and then suddenly a momentous occasion happened. The King Cyrus, who um, 
came and overtook this kind of evil regime. And then he decided that he would be able to let a number of these Israelites go back, were able to return to the land of Israel in order to rebuild the temple. Now, for the Jews, the temple was so important. It was where the presence of God was. It's where they went to worship. It was such a key place. And it had been smashed down uh, by this invading army. And so a whole group of them, including a man called Ezra, made their way back to Israel. And the builders started to uh, put the foundations to rebuild the central part of their worship, uh, which was the temple. And Ezra, one of those people, records it, and he says this. He says, The builders finished laying the foundations of the temple of the Lord, and with praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord. He is good. His love for Israel continues forever. Now, that seems like a really short song. It's what most likely would would have happened. You know, if you go to a football match, or especially if you go to an England game, Uh, and uh, you were there amongst the crowds, and someone starts singing, it's coming home, yeah, and it starts to build up, and then what happens is it loops round and round and round, and the crowd all kind of get caught up in it, and they just keep on singing, it's coming home, it's coming home. That's the kind of situation they would have had here, that he is good, his love for Israel continues forever, and they would have started, and it would have sung round and round and round. And then all the people shouted loudly, praise the Lord, the foundations of his uh, temple has been laid. This is what's interesting, but many of the older priests, Levite and family leaders who had seen the first temple cried out when they saw the foundations of the temple, or cried when they saw the foundations of the temple. Most of the other people were shouting with joy, and the noise, or the people made so much noise that it could be heard far away, and no one could tell the difference. This is really interesting. No one could tell the difference between the joyful shouting and the sad crying. So here was a community of people coming out of lockdown. Now, we've had, what, 15 months of lockdown? Uh, They had 70 years of lockdown. And they were under a government uh, that, well, if you think Boris isn't doing a very good job, I tell you, the government that was leading there was a horrendous um, uh, one, causing so much pain. And so the mix of emotions for these people was huge. There were some who were celebrating, they're free, there's this new temple that's going to be built, life is going to get back together, how how amazing. And others were standing there with tears just rolling down their faces uh, of saying, but we remember what it was like. We remember the ones who were with us and who have died and who are now missing out on this moment. And so what do you do when you have a community of people where some are incredibly excited and others are feeling such a sense of loss? How do you navigate that? Because often what happens is, is that if you're with someone who's really sad, you can kind of, all the excitement can just kind of drain out of you, can't it? And it's kind of, you just end up feeling low. Or those who are feeling low will look at those who are excited and think, you have no idea, you're, you're so shallow, you don't understand the pain. And so how do you keep a community together? Well, the truth of the song that they sang brought hope to both the mourners and the celebrators. And what was the song? It was this one. He is good. That's God. God is good. His love for Israel continues forever. In other words, despite losing loved ones, despite being held captive, having been removed from their homeland, having their freedom taken away for 70 years, they sang about God being good. 
And there's part of me that thinks, but that's crazy because that God can't be good if he allows that to happen. But you see, hope, whether it's uh, in excitement or sadness, whether looking forward or looking back, is found, and this is the secret, it's found in a God who is unchanging, who is constantly good, constantly loving, constantly faithful, constantly keeping his promises, and constantly compassionate. Now, when I was pulling, um, uh, giving these thoughts around uh, today, when I saw that song, there was a part of it which just didn't sit very well. And what you can do as a speaker, when you do Bible verses, um, if you want to leave little sections out, you put dot, 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 uh, and then carry on just to be able to create a nice a bit of an easier flow. And as I thought, you know, he is good, his love... His love for Israel continues forever. And there was part of me that thought, that doesn't sit very comfortable with me. It sounds really nationalistic, doesn't it? You know, that we view Israel as this nation state who hits the news every so often because of conflicts with Palestine. But these people, remember, had been in lockdown for 70 years, a foreign government choosing the rules. And yet they find themselves returning to their own land again, rebuilding the temple And they own this truth. They own this truth that God is good and that his love for them continues forever. Do you see, what what they did was they made this song personal. They owned the truth. And do you know what? Sometimes we need to be reminded, if if, if we have a faith in God, We sometimes need to be reminded of the truth because it can get lost in the blizzard of life where our circumstances overwhelm us. And we just get distracted. Because I recognize for some of you here, these past 15, 16 months have been incredibly tough for you. Because some of you have lost loved ones and you haven't been able to say goodbye as you'd wanted to. Some of you have homeschooled as well as try to hold down a job and you have been utterly exhausted and you just feel a failure as a parent. Some of you have lost your jobs or you've struggled to keep your business afloat. Some of you have lived in fear of the virus and every time the news headlines come on and you see the death rate still going up and you still see that there's another new kind of um, strain of the virus and this worry and anxiety can take over. And maybe some of you have had delayed treatment. You should have been in hospital. You should have had treatment. But that's just been put off just because of this pandemic. This is, honestly, I I understand this is tough stuff to deal with. But listen, you've done so well. You're here today. And do you know what? God is wanting you not just to look around at what's been happening and what's, what's taken place. But he wants you to look up because he wants to remind you again of who he is that he is good, and that his love for you continues forever. No circumstance can change that truth, can change that fact, that his love for you continues forever. Last week, Emily um, Emily Hannah, she spoke on our live stream about grief, and she spoke about uh, finding God in our grief. And one of the things which um, I remember her saying was that when her daughter died after just two days of being born, 
she and Dave, husband Dave, um, came to church the next week and the week after, and they were still singing songs about God's love and God's faithfulness. And there's part of me that just sat as I was watching that service thinking, Emma, how, how can you do that? How can you do that? And the reason why Em could say that, and the reason why a number of us have been able to get through this uh, is because our faith isn't dependent on our circumstances. Now, if you think that faith is about living a problem-free, pain-free, trouble-free life, that Jesus comes along and makes everything lovely, we just haven't understood what faith in Jesus is about. So, James, what I loved about what you shared in your story when you got baptized was this. You said, uh, my, my, my issues, my problems haven't gone away, but you spoke about God being with you in them uh, and that you spoke about life being brighter uh, because of knowing Jesus. So he hasn't sorted all of our problems. That's because that's not what faith in Jesus is all about. True faith in Jesus is about um, uh, or is being based on the character of God. It's based on the fact that Jesus died, that he rose again three days later. It's based on the fact that, that he can deal with our failure, that he can love us unendingly. It's based on the fact that, that he has demonstrated the ultimate act of love to you and me. Now, I can look at that verse which says um, uh, he is good uh, and that his love for us continues forever. And the reason I know it is I just have to look back in history to one man who gave his life for you and me so that we can know life and freedom. And he keeps his promises. <laughs> I love this. But one of the things that when we start to begin to put our faith in him what he does is he pours his love and his joy and his peace into our hearts again James that's what you were speak that's what you have experienced that's what's so good about having faith in Jesus because he brings a transformation from within sometimes he changes our outward circumstances more often he changes us from within so God is good and that his love for you and me continues forever. That's why we sing. That's why Ben and the band here are going to lead, uh, lead us in some more songs just coming up uh, in a moment. Because there is something about coming together to remind ourselves so that it's not just our little way of thinking, but actually we're part of a community that helps us to lift our, our heads up and to realize that God is a God of love. God is a God who draws alongside. God is a God who promises to be with us, to never leave us. And for those of you who perhaps have really struggled over this time, and you've kind of come back today because you're, you're pleased to come back, you, you want to come back, but you're wondering whether God will be that pleased with you because you've kind of gone through this pandemic and you've let go of him. Uh, you haven't bothered about um, uh, staying connected to God and you're thinking, well, I wonder what God thinks. Can I just say, you haven't got to fear at all. I'm so glad you're here. God is so glad you're here because he wants to remind you that even if we have distanced ourselves from, from faith in Jesus uh, over these past little while, he is a God who wants to welcome us back. Jesus told the most amazing story of a son who decided to do life on his own. 
And he went to his dad and he took half of his dad's possessions and he went off. And what he knew was, was not the right thing to do, he chose to do it. And he wasted everything. And he got to the point when he had nothing and he decided he would go back home, not as a son, but as a servant. He thought, well, if I'm not good enough to be a son, I'll just be a servant. At least I'll get some food. So he makes his way back. And when he gets back home, his dad is standing there and his, his arms are folded and he looks out and he says, oh, good, you're back, are you? Well, I think you and I need to have a conversation then, don't we? <laughs> and that's not the story that Jesus told. Because the story that Jesus told was this. While he was still a long way off, the father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son. He threw his arms around him and he kissed him. If you've been distant, if you've felt a bit separated over this past little while, God is running towards you today to welcome you home. His compassion is so incredible for each one of us. Listen, God is good. His compassion and mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. So let's not give up. Let's raise our heads and remind ourselves of how good God is. So can I ask that we stand, please? The band are going to uh, lead us in a couple, of, um, a couple more songs, but let me just pray for us uh, before they do. Father God, I thank you that you are here with us. And I thank you that, in fact, you've never left us. Lord, this last 16 months has been so strange, at times so painful, so isolating. I thank you that I guess for everyone here, there will also be glimmers of hope and of joy during that time too. But Lord, I, I want to pray that you would help us not to base our faith on experiences and on circumstances, but we would base our faith on you being a God who loves us who has compassion, who shows mercy to us and who longs for us to experience your life of love and of peace and joy. And so we just want to say as a community, thank you, God, that you haven't deserted. And thank you that we can be reminded that Jesus, you are our hope. That as we trust in you, God, you will give us everything we need to face whatever comes and lies ahead for us. And I thank you that you can turn stuff which is bad, which has been painful, and you can turn it around for good. And I pray that you would do that in our lives too. In Jesus' name, amen. That's all for this week. Thanks once again for joining us. We'd love to keep the conversation going, so why not check out Forge Church UK on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Or go online at forgechurch.com where you can watch other content find the next step, give financially, or see any details of what's currently going on in and around the Forge. We're looking forward to you joining us next time.